Welcome to Around the Diamond, presented by Natural State Sports. This is your host, Steve, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Kevin. How are you doing tonight, Kevin? Doing good, Steve. Actually got to see some high school baseball this week, which we'll talk a little bit later in the show, but it's, it's been a good week. I know Razorback fans all up in themselves and their feelings this week because we've actually gone on a four-game losing streak, but guys not falling, and we're going to tell you why. So yeah, everything's going good. Good, good, man. Yeah, I mean, high school got not got got going pretty strong this week. So I know you've had a lot of good stuff on Twitter. Um, got a lot of information going out, and uh, so we'll cover, like you said, we'll cover some more of that here in, here in just a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, so you're on you're on Baby Watch 2020 over there. You guys have got to be getting awful close. We uh, may, may not have a pod. We almost didn't have a podcast tonight. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, went to the doctor yesterday. She's progressing along a little bit farther, and we're, we're any day now. And of course, you know we appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers, but I, I can guarantee we won't go past next Wednesday. So, yeah, hopefully, we'll have it done before then. I'm, I'm hoping for the weekend. That way, we can roll right into the week and everything's going. But as the babies, everybody knows they have mind of their own. So. She'll get here when she wants to, as long as she's healthy and happy. It's all that matters to me and Mama. That's right. That's home right now. That baby don't want to come out of home at all. So, that's but, right. Yeah, but prayers for you guys. Obviously, safe, safe delivery, happy, happy and healthy baby. So, uh, hopefully soon, so Mama can get more comfortable soon. <laughs> so, yeah, she's been kept. Yeah, been kind of struggling lately, you know, trying to get to sleep. But you know, she's she's been all right. She's been a real trooper in this, and she's tough. That's why I married her. So yeah, she's gonna be all right. Good, good. Well, when we get back, we'll get started in this thing. Uh, we'll get uh, get right on Razorback baseball. Back to the fence, off the very top of the wall. Two will score, but Arkansas missed by that much wow. of time the game. How about that? Matt Goodhart just missed tying this game up by about a foot. Now off the AT&T Sportsnet sign, and man, Brett, maybe not oh, even that a foot. Much. Not even a foot. Maybe five inches. Wow. I thought that ball was gone off his bat. So... A four-game losing streak for the Hogs. Um, that was a, probably the most excitement between that and and uh, and Kerstad's just inches missed there in the Crawford boxes. So um, tough, tough four-game stretch here for the Hogs. Obviously, tough weekend down in Houston. Yeah, and a lot of people look back; they think that we got down eight to nothing and ended up eight to seven. So there, there was there was some silver lining in this. We knew Cade Cavalli for Oklahoma was going to be a stud on Friday, and he proved it. But, you know, we knocked him out. We were up 3-2 to two when he went out of the ballgame. Uh, bullpen struggled, and, of course, Connor Nolan struggled. Find out why now after the fact. He's got a mild oblique strain. He's going to be out for the South Alabama series this weekend, so that's going to give uh, Caleb Bolden and Cole Ramage chances to start again. But, yeah, that that's – all the highlights were this weekend. You know, Heston Kirsten had another phenomenal weekend, hitting over 500. He's one of the hottest hitters in America right now. So, uh, yeah, that was about it. And the struggles kind of rolled over into yesterday with, 
you know, the bullpen. We hit, but as Dave Van Horn said in his post-game press conference, they just didn't hit at the right time. They're still hitting over 300 as a team, still getting good starting pitching from, you know, Connor Nolan and Wicklander staying the Texas game, but they're going to be okay. And we, you and I talked about the other day, and you talked about on the podcast Monday that it was a lot of it was the approach by every hitter in the lineup. They're getting up there swinging, you know, just for the fences every time. They had 42 strikeouts, including 18 against Oklahoma. And you can't do that against this level of competition and be successful, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, their approach, you and I talked about it a lot throughout the weekend that their approach was really, really frustrating. Um, you know, we, I talked about that a little bit. I'm in a group chat with some guys and, and we talked about that a little bit with, you know, like, so I'm not, I'm not down on Nate Thompson at all. I'm not down on this ball team. I think this team's going to do extremely well. I think this is still going to be a really good season, but you know, at times I have tried, it's been a struggle to figure out what the, what their approach is consistently at the plate. Um, and this weekend it really seemed seemed to hit them. Um, you know, like you said, 42 strikeouts, it, it just, nobody really seemed to be able to get anything going. And Robert Moore still did fairly well over the weekend. Um, but it was a struggle across the board for these guys to really get anything going. Of course, Casey Martin, his struggles have been, uh, have been well documented. So, I mean, you know, you think about the three games, you think about the Oklahoma game, um, but so since what, since Friday, those three games plus the other, they've lost, um, what four games by what one, two, three, four, five runs, I guess, six runs. Yeah. Six runs. Yeah. Three to Oklahoma and then one run games the last three times out. But, you know, knowing Casey since he was 14, you know, he, he needed to sit and watch and you always need to let the game come to you sometimes. And we've all talked about how high the motor Casey has, but it was getting back to basics and holding himself accountable. And these are 18 and Robert Morse case, 17 year olds all the way up to 21, 22 that are out there and they have to hold themselves accountable. And that starts with coach Thompson. He has to hold these guys accountable for what they're doing on the field. And, we know that a lot of these guys are going to play professional baseball. Some are going to play major league baseball and some could for a long time, but in their formative years right now, while they're amateurs, they still need that accountability. And that's the biggest thing that coach Van Horn has been harping on is you got to go out there and do your job. A lot of great coaches have always said that, look, if we do the small things, right, and we do all of our stuff, the end result's going to take care of itself. That's coach speak one one you know, for the ones that are just wanting to follow great coaches, listen to what they say sometimes, and it's not real complicated. But they have to hold themselves accountable, and you know, going here on out, I think we're going to see more of that, and hopefully they'll be a little bit more uh, excited this week. I think they just kind of went through the motions down in Houston, kind of went through the motions yesterday, but they did have some good moments. But this weekend. They're going to have to get back on it. Well, and I liked Casey Martin's response in the post game yesterday when they were kind of asked, um, you know, about really they were asked a lot about the weekend in Houston first, and and Casey was asked about being benched, and I really liked his comments, um, you know, talking about how he really needed that time off, and um, you know, it was good for him to get that perspective, and of course he's you know obviously saying all the right things. Um, but you know, I liked his response. I liked the fact you. Know, I had a friend of mine ask me 
who are the leaders on this team? And, of course, the first people you think of are guys like Heston, uh, Opitz, uh, Martin, those kind of guys. And I think that Kerstad um, and, and Martin really showed their leadership skills in that uh, in that postgame yesterday. Um, I wanted to play this clip real quick before we get moving on a little more, but this was Kerstad when asked about their struggles. And I just thought that this was um, – I thought this was a really good response from him. It really shows where the leadership is in this program. You guys are the two vets, two leaders on this team. I know it's early for – 14 games in, or a uh, couple games in. How do you uh, approach it with these guys and, and kind of step up and be leaders? Oh, you know, it's, it's the way the game is. And it's honestly a little bit good that we're experiencing a little failure early because it really shows the identity of yourself as a player and as a team, you know, how you respond to failure. It's so easy when you're having success to keep it rolling or being in a good mood. But how do you respond when things aren't going your way and stuff isn't working for you? That really shows who you are as a person, who you are as a team. And I think it'll help a lot of us as players further on down the road to help us win more games. So I thought his I thought those comments were really big. I mean, you, you got to believe Kerstad is going to represent the University of Arkansas in such a great light at the next level. He he's just you don't see a lot of that when you see him on the field, obviously. But man, his leadership ability or his leadership skills are, are pretty great. It seems like. Yeah, and you don't see high level teams don't have a lot of seniors on them. We got one right. this year, so these juniors that will be playing professional baseball next year. That's it. So you got a, a good group that came through a couple of years ago. Carson Shaddy, Eric Cole, Blaine Knight. That was a really veteran ball club. And we knew last year, it was a surprise to get to Omaha last year. We knew that. Coming off of a big run, getting to the finals, losing losing what we had. But we had some guys back and just had to plug in the places. This is what happens when you reload as a premier elite program. So there's going to be times where you go through rough spots to where you have to plug and play in the lineup, change it up a few times, figure out everybody's role, and go from there. So it's great having guys like Kerstad that are, you know, are going to be that vocal leader and can show these younger guys this is how you go about your business. And that's what it is. It's a business at this level because these guys are going to be playing for money one day. They can't get down themselves. They can't feel sorry for themselves. No pity parties. It's about accountability. And Kirkstead hit it right on the money. Well, and and so, you know, I think you've seen a lot of this too. Um, I think you and I talked about it a little bit a few days ago. But so with Casey Martin and the situation going on with him, I, I caught – so a week ago, a week and a half ago, I caught a lot of hell on social media from folks, you know, when I made the, 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 the comment that maybe Martin needs to be benched for a game or two. Um, and I caught a ton of that. Of course, the all of your um, your social media. I've played baseball my entire life. Folks came out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not look. I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I'm some baseball expert. I love the game. I've been around it for 20 plus years. Um, you know, played a lot and coached it. So yeah, I know the game well enough and, and enjoy it. Um, but man, it was obvious that Martin needed to sit for a day. And the comments from Van Horn proved that. And then comments from Martin seem to prove that. And then the way he responded yesterday in the Eastern in the Eastern Illinois game seemed to seem to prove that as well. Yeah, he came out yesterday. And, yeah, Illinois State yesterday. But it was it was amazing because – and I kind of stayed out of it, especially on social media because of my relationship to Casey, having been around him for so many years that I knew what he needed to do. <laughs> the crazy thing about it is he knows what he needs to do. It's just about doing it. So 
Van Horn came out was very public about it after the Baylor loss, and Kendall Rogers put it out there that there's not much more you can say, and there's not. He needed to sit, watch a game, get back to fundamental baseball, and doing what he knows how to do best. I was talking to a coach the other night, and Casey Martin is the best opposite field hitter that nobody knows about because he hasn't done it a whole lot. But his power to the right center gap is probably better than anybody else in the nation. And I think you're going to start seeing that. You know, he had a couple of really good hit the ball and the screws yesterday during the Illinois State game. Uh, Just getting him breaking out of that. And it's not that he's not a bad off-speed hitter. It's that he's just chasing stuff out of the zone, which goes back to approach accountability. But on that, on the off-speed, off throwing sliders, curveballs, he's going to pepper that right center gap. And when you start seeing him do that, along with some other guys, you'll start seeing this lineup that will continue to hit over 300. Well, and obviously we all expect that that's going to come at some point. Well, I say most of us that understand the game of baseball seem to understand what's coming. I mean, you made the point a minute ago trying to plug a lineup together this early. Um, a lot of new faces in this lineup. There's going to be some growing pains, um, you know. But what was funny was in another group chat that I'm in, one of the guys said, you know, I really you know, I expected this team to be, you know, like they're, you know, 14 and three or, or, or you know, four, three or four losses going into conference play. Well, I mean, we're about going to be just about there when we get to conference play, assuming, you know, they, they, they write the ship over the next, what, five games. So, um, but to, to make Hog fans feel a little bit better, over, you know, you think about this weekend, they lost by five runs total in three games, but they only gave up 17 runs for the weekend, and, and only 10 of those were earned. So, you know, yeah. you clean out the defensive side of things, you get Wicklander kind of back in form, get the ball back down. Obviously, like you said, we know now what the issue was was with Nolan. Um, you know, he got that visit in that game. I think you know early on or towards the end of his outing, and and stayed in the game. But obviously, it's an injury that you know, they're gonna they're gonna rest him for at least a week here. So we know where the issues are there. The bullpen is maybe a little bit of a concern as they continue to figure out you know where those pieces fit. But now is not the time to just fall apart and everybody think that this thing is it's over. We're overrated. This is 2016 over again, which is what I've heard a ton of. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so and just remember that you got a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are in that bullpen. So these you know, freshmen, Elijah Tress, Jacob Burton, these guys were just freshmen last year and they didn't get a ton of time. So, you know, remember Matt Cronin was that freshman at one point too, before, he became Matt Cronin, and Blaine Knight was not very good. He was pretty good, solid, but and Zay was the same way. He got hurt, went through some injuries before he was All-American last year, so just give it time. We're not patient as a fan base, but I'm asking everybody to have a little patience. Yeah, and, and I get it. I do. I mean, I think we've talked about this. I've talked about this on the other podcast that, you know, folks are so ready for a winner, and this has been the staple of winning over the last, you know, several years. And so it's a little frustrating for folks that, that you know, had this this big, you know, all these high expectations. Those expectations are still there. I made the point the other day kind of jokingly on Twitter, but I think it's true, is, you know, I think it was after it was it was after the Oklahoma game and all the people that were upset, you know, the sky is falling, this team is terrible, they hog's gonna hog, all that kind of stuff. But honestly, the only t- people that were upset about really any of those three losses this weekend, but 
you know, at the time, the Oklahoma game was the point I was making was one, those that don't really understand baseball and two, those that talked a whole bunch of crap to Oklahoma fans over the last few days and now are having to eat their words. So, I mean, yeah. And that's what it is. You got a fan base that's talking noise because they finally have a program they could talk noise about. And unfortunately, we're losing a few games here. And so, you know, some hog fans are having to take their take their lumps right now. Yeah, and nobody would have said a word if we were seven and three at this point, or that we're seven and four. But if we were seven and three going into yesterday and had lost a game a weekend, nobody would have said a word. Exactly right. You're exactly right. And and so this team's not, you know, they're not out of anything. You get Nolan back. Hopefully everybody gets healthy as they go, you know, as we get in, get ready for Mississippi State. But, you know, first let's look at this weekend coming up. South Alabama um, comes to Fayetteville. South Alabama's 7-7 seven and seven on the year. Uh, they just played a, a three-game series against, a, against Gonzaga, a familiar foe for Arkansas. Uh, they took two out of three from Gonzaga before falling to Alabama yesterday. Um, you know what can we expect from this from this South Alabama team as they come into the uh, come into Fayetteville this weekend? Not a lot of offense, but as we've seen, baseball is baseball, and it is a game you have to play them for those nine innings. But they're only hitting two hundred as a team. Reed, Reed Powers is hitting three seventy two with two home runs and has ten RBIs. Uh, that's half of their whole production as far as home runs. And you're not going to get a lot of power, but anything can happen. It's baseball, and you leave the ball over the plate, and anything can happen. So I don't think you're going to get a lot of power. Uh, Michael Sandal, he's hitting 292, eight RBIs. He is six of six in the stolen base department. Ethan Wilson's hitting 288. He's got a home run and an RBI, and seven RBIs. So you're not going to get a lot of offense. It might be a lot of like Gonzaga opportunistic baseball is what you can look forward to. Pitching uh, staff has a 483 ERA and, you know, we've got a lot of the same notes, but opponents are hitting 249. That's pretty high. If you look at it from a perspective of, okay, if teams are hitting 250 off of you, you know, one out of four, that's really high. You want to be in the, the low 200s as, as a staff. So, uh I think Arkansas has a really good chance to win the series this weekend. It's not going to be real difficult. The problem is not having Connor Nolan is going to put a little added pressure on our bullpen. Coach Van Horn said today, be looking for Peyton Paulette to get in the mix. I could see them stretching him out a little bit, maybe going two or three innings. So I'm glad Caleb Bolden is getting the start on Saturday. Leaves Ramage in his spot on Sunday where I think he could settle in. But the one I really want to see get on track here is Blake Adams. He's had a he struggled out of the gate, and he was so solid in the fall, not walking many hitters, as, as Coach Van Horn said. But he walked a couple the other day, and then Kevin Copps. Man, <laughs> I've never seen so many balls left belts high. And when you do it against good hitters in Division One college baseball, they're going to hit it a mile. The kid that hit the ball off Tress, Tress threw it ninety five, ninety six. Downing from Baylor hit it in the upper deck at Minute Maid Park. Yeah, he, so he absolutely crushed that ball. Yeah, to take a phrase from PGA Tour, these guys are good. They're all good. <laughs> you find Major League Baseball players that went to NAI, JUCO, Division Three, Division Two. It doesn't matter. These guys are going to be able to play baseball. So uh, if we can get out, of, and I think we took that for granted as a fan base, being able to sweep two straight series to open the year and then losing four straight. But just like we'll talk about UALR in a minute, they've won their first three series of the, of the year. All three weekends, they've won them two to one or three to one. So 
uh, if we get back on track this weekend, we'll, we'll definitely take two out of three. And I know everybody's hoping for a sweep. Yeah, I think, and of course, anything can happen. Obviously, that's that's been shown. But you know, even yesterday against Eastern Illinois, you know, they brought their Friday night starter out to close the game. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's what that <laughs> game is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was joking that yeah they really wanted to win that one. Like bring your Friday guy off three days rest, and you know, at that level, I'd never do that as coach. Yeah, <laughs> you want to prove something great. You're picked third in the in the Valley Conference behind Dallas Baptist and Missouri uh, State, I believe. Yep, and you want to prove something on the first midweek game against Arkansas. More power to you, Illinois State. Do that and see where it gets you later on this year. We'll be playing in May and June, and you'll probably be sitting at the house, but we appreciate that 8-7 loss you gave us back in March. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we, we assume that they're going to go with their normal rotation that they've gone with all year, Nightingale, Smith, and JoJo Booker. Um, but, you know, we would think that this would be a weekend. You know, you talked about it a bit, but you would think that these guys ought to be able to get on track, you know, offensively this weekend. The longest outing for any of their pitchers was Nightingale in a six and a third inning uh, outing. So it's not like their starters are giving them a ton. I think every other start after that's been four or five innings max. So uh, yeah, the best yeah best weekend they had was against Gonzaga, where Booker and Smith both went five innings, and Nightingale, as you said, went six and a third against Gonzaga. They held Gonzaga in check. But we knew Gonzaga coming into that wasn't a very potent offense. They were good defensively and, you know, had some pitching. But, yeah, like you said, if we can get to their bullpen and really tax them, we, we can get up into double digits in one of these games. Well, that's I think that would make the, the fans feel a lot better. Um, so, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and say I think Arkansas gets back on track and gets the, uh, the sweep. Now, I can't let you go this week, even though you told me there's no more guru locks of the week. <laughs> um, we're going to get one from you tonight. I'm not saying it has to be now, but uh, what do you feel like in this series with Arkansas? I think we sweep. I think we've got way too much that we have to prove as a team going into, you know, this being the really the final tune-up before we get into conference play. I know we've got midweek games, but that's really to get reps, get some younger guys. But the, the weekend series, this is what sets you up for success later down the line, whether you're in the SEC tournament, regional, super regional, because that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that that's special because you get, when you go into regionals, that's your setup. Super regionals, it's those three games. That's your setup. And going into the College World Series, you start on Friday or Saturday, and you go the next three days. So getting in a pattern, getting in a groove, it starts right here. And, yeah, I think we sweep this weekend as well, Steve. Fantastic. Well, when we get back, we will touch on Little Rock's week. Uh, pretty good week last week, so we'll touch on Little Rock when we get back. So now is a good time to remind everyone where to find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Steve underscore NSS. And you can find my co-host Kevin on Twitter at Coach Cabo 21 and also on Facebook at Kevin Bohannon. Don't forget to find us on all of your social media platforms by searching Natural State Sports. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And please leave a review and let us know how we were doing.
All right, on to Little Rock baseball. Little Rock comes off of a uh, weekend. They took two out of three from North Alabama, now eight and six on the season. Um, they lost an 11-inning game yesterday to Oral Roberts. Uh, so pretty good weekend out of Little Rock. I mean, you know, splitting two out of four if you count the ORU game, the midweek game. But uh, good weekend for Little Rock against North Alabama. Yeah, they struggled first game. You know, Hayden Arnold, who, who is their Friday night eight started out real real rough, real rocky, and North Alabama was able to put together a couple of big innings, really didn't look back, but they they bounced back, and that's really good. It shows a lot of leadership on this Trojan squad, and Aaron Funk had a game to remember. It'll go down in Little Rock Trojan lore for the rest of history. He had 17 strikeouts in his game on Sunday and was named uh, Player of the Week by one publication, I believe, and was the Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week. So they they really got back on track. And if you look at their stats, they're putting up some really good numbers. Kale Imshoff's hitting four thirty eight on the year with five home runs and 10 RBIs. Nathan Lyons, the Bentonville product, who we've talked about on this show before, hitting a little under three eighty, and then Tucker Childers, the big first baseman, hitting three twenty six. So they're doing a really good job, and it was tough losing that last night at, at ORU because Oral Roberts is always a really good team, and they've been to Fayetteville, you know, last couple of years, two out of three years. They usually there for a regional, so to lose that game is really tough. But it's really going to show down the line. And they're going to get a really tough test this weekend when they head down to Southern Miss, who's sitting at 9-3 and three on the year. So it's going to be a really good test for the Trojans to see how they are as they get into conference play. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Aaron Funk, 86 of 124 pitches for strikes, you know, 17 strikeouts, as you said. I mean, uh, just a brilliant 2-1 to one win in a complete game. Um, yeah, like you said, they they looked really good on Sunday. Um, of course, Saturday a seven to three win as well. Uh, Siebert struggled with command, but uh, you know only gave up one run, I believe. So even even after walking five through four and two thirds, so <clears throat> good good weekend for Little Rock. Kind of get get things on the right path. And like you said, they've won every every weekend series so far. So uh, up to eight and six. Uh, head to Southern Miss this weekend, as you said, nine and three. A team that's hitting two seventy eight, led by Charlie Fisher and Matthew Gidry, who are hitting three ninety and 359 respectively um what exactly can we obviously southern miss is a good squad good program um they're gonna they're gonna give little rock a test this weekend um what do you, what, what are we looking at with southern miss and really with little rock out of this weekend yeah having the senior leadership and we've talked about that with arkansas but having those guys jose torres miguel soto hayden arnold aaron funk Having these guys come back and go on the road against a really good school. Southern Miss was in the Fable Regional last year, or two years ago, I believe. And going down there and having a chance to take two out of three from a school at nine and three on the year. They were three and one last weekend at, in Lake Charles. So it's going to be really important for them to get off to a good start. And it, it really sets the tone for the weekend. Hayden Arnold was really good the first two weekends. And then they were able to bounce back after a subpar outing by him last weekend, mostly because of the competition. We talked about North Alabama. They weren't going to be really good. They were hitting below 200 in the team, and they were giving up around six runs a game. So they can't get off to that start this weekend. But if they go down there, uh, take it one game at a time, which I know Coach Curry will, will preach that, 
they have a shot to go down there and take two out of three this weekend. So one guy for folks to keep an eye on for Southern Miss, and, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, so Walker Powell, who is probably somewhat a noticeable name to folks, especially in Fayetteville, as a, he's a senior uh, Fayetteville native. I believe he's been their Sunday guy, or has he been their Saturday guy? Sunday guy. Okay, so there, there's Sunday guy Walker Powell, and he is he's compiled a .82 ERA on the year, 13 strikeouts, only one walk. So he's he's kind of been a very a very good spot in that uh, in that rotation for them to kind of close things out on the weekend. Yeah, and Fayetteville always produces really good athletes. That sometimes they venture out of state because they have a lot of families moving in. We've talked about it before with Taylor Powell. Uh, I believe there is a relationship relationship there that, you know, he went to Missouri, Akil Byers went to Missouri, and they've had other guys that have floated off out of state away from Fayetteville. But that's what they want to do sometimes from up there. If the Razorbacks don't recruit them, they'll go to another school that, you know, is really good. Uh, Southern Miss also has uh, Razorback transfer Andrew Stanley, who's from Searcy High School. He's been their catcher this year, really good behind the plate. He walked on at Arkansas and then wanted to go play, you know, actually play some baseball. He was stuck behind Opitz, knew they had some really good ones coming in. So, yeah, a little bit of Arkansas flavor in the Southern Miss lineup this weekend. Well, that's going to be a fun series to watch. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get some sounds from that because I still really don't have any Little Rock sound. Um, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to watch that one um, in, 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 in Arkansas State. I mean, excuse me, Little Rock can uh, can pull out two out of three. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a one and three weekend or one and two weekend. But uh, uh, what say you? I'll have to agree with you on that one, Steve. It's going to be really tough you know, going on the road. Southern Miss is pretty good. So, yeah, if they go down there and get one out of t- one out of three, it's going to be a good weekend. But I know they want to come home with a series win. So, uh, good luck to the Trojans this weekend as they travel down to Hattiesburg. Yeah, absolutely. Rooting for that Rooting for that two out of three this weekend or even the sweep would be nice to that, – that'd be a good resume win, resume win uh, series win for Little Rock. Sorry, Arkansas State. That's the best I can do because I can't find any sounds on. Couldn't get online. anything off the Patriots baseball network. I'm so disappointed. Right. Yeah, I clicked on that one, and um, they had they actually had good highlights, but unlike a lot of other places, they only had out highlights of Dallas Baptist. They had no highlights from Arkansas State. Exactly. And I learned something interesting too. Um, just go, and I, maybe this is total coincidence because I didn't look at every game of their schedule, but. Any game that Dallas Baptist has lost this year, they don't have highlights. So I, even if mm. even if they lost a close one, they don't post highlights. So the the middle game this weekend. So really a competitive weekend for Arkansas State. I mean, this is a five and seven team that's kind of you know been up and down throughout the year. Um, they've lost three of their last four, but they were competitive in Dallas with number eighteen Dallas Baptist. I mean, um, you know they lost game one five to four. Um, one uh, one on Saturday, eleven to seven. So, um, I mean, and and then lost the, the final twelve to four. I believe. I think I've got that right. So, uh, yeah, very. You know, a good showing, really. I mean, Zach Jackson improved to two and one with his win on Saturday. Uh, now an ERA at one four seven. You just keep telling us about him every week, but. I mean, one of three against Dallas Baptist had actually caused them to drop in the polls a little bit. So um, I was impressed with Arkansas State this weekend. Yeah, and they had the chance Friday night, Steve, to actually be up 1-0 in the series. They were up, gave up a run late in the game, and then I believe DBU won it in extra innings. So it's – 
starting to turn around for Arkansas State. All three starters, I believe, are under a three ERA right now. Talked about Zach Jackson. He's got a 1.47 ERA. But their offense is starting to turn come around a little bit. Tyler Duncan's leading the team with a 390 average. Pine Bluff alumni Jalen DeShazer has three home runs and 13 RBIs to lead the team. And then Liam Hicks is leading the team with four home runs. He's also hitting 364. Uh, they go up against Gardner-Webb this weekend. Gardner-Webb is 6-5. and five. Not a lot of offensive uh, prowess with them. Cam Piercy is hitting 293. They do not have a player that's hitting over 300. So the starting pitching, which has been really solid with uh, Zach Gerard, Zach Jackson, Chandler Coates, hopefully they'll be able to stretch it out five or six innings and they can get their young bullpen into play and they should you know, take two out of three or hopefully get a sweep this weekend. I tell you what, the guys like uh, Hicks and Duncan ought to be licking their lips this weekend. Um, the starters for uh, for for Gardner Webb have not been great, but um, if you're looking at anything, I I'm going to assume they're going to stick with Noah Davis. They have through the first three weekends, but man. That, he's got a 17.28 ERA. He's given up 16 earned runs and 10 walks over just eight and a third innings in his three starts. I, I mean, I haven't. I'm assuming that's who they're going to stick with on Sunday. But this is a team with a 6.54 team ERA. I, I got to believe that uh, that Arkansas State's looking forward to this matchup. Yeah, you know, Coach Guarno, I text back and forth with him, and he's like, I think we're we're turning that corner, and I think we're about ready to have a big weekend. And some, you know, some of these stats they're some can be inflated sometimes, you know. They did put up 22 runs against Mississippi Valley State the other day, last week, I believe. But if they can go through a full weekend of this, be consistent, and just like the Razorbacks, the Red Wolves have had problems with runners on base. Uh, their first weekend, they went 0 for 15 on Friday night with runners in scoring position. So making sure they're getting the right hits at the right time, and it can really snowball from there. Uh, Isaac Campbell is one to watch for Gardner-Webb. He does have 21 strikeouts in three innings in his three appearances this year. So it should be a really good weekend for the Red Wolves to get you know keep on track and really have some momentum off of last weekend going into conference play. Well, I'm going to jump out and I'm going to pick uh, – I'm going to go with the sweep this weekend. I think Arkansas State finds a model of consistency and really goes off on this pitching staff of Gardner-Webb. And I'm I'm going to give the sweep this week, and I, I think it comes for Arkansas State against Gardner-Webb. Yeah, and that's where the guru pick of the week is going to come into play, Steve. I really think Arkansas State is primed to get, them, get their first sweep this, this young season. So – I'll have to agree with you on that one, and hopefully the Red Bulls will come out of the weekend 3-0. and Yeah, absolutely. UCA, 5-7 and seven on the year, but they just came off of a uh, – they took two out of three, a series win against SIU Edwardsville, um, and then lost a midweek game. Can't blame them there against number two Vandy yesterday. Um, so good weekend for UCA this weekend. They're being led at the plate by, right now by Connor Emmett. Uh, he's hitting 435, and then, of course, Kevin Stone continues to impress on the mound with a 193 ERA. Um, tell us a little bit about the UCA weekend. Yeah, Steve. Uh Talking to Coach Harlan and Coach Gum this year before the season, they kept harping on how good Gavin Stone could be. He he has the potential to be a high draft pick this next year, and goes in line with some of the draft picks they've had the past few years. Cody Davenport was the one 
that's in the Royals organization right now. Their starting pitching has been pretty solid. Mark Moyer has been the guy on Sunday. You got Noah Cameron, Gavin Stone, but Connor Williams out of the bullpen. Connor's got a .87 ERA and five saves on the season. So all five wins, he's been a part of them because he's got he's got a save in each game. So if they can get it, you know, have really good starting pitching, timely hitting, and then get to the back end of that bullpen to where you got guys like Connor Williams that could come in and be a, a true closer and slam the door. They got a really good shot this weekend against the Southeastern team that's really been good in the past. Uh, the last five years, they've won 19-plus games in the Southland Conference, and three out of those five years, they've won 40-plus games. So traditionally, this is a really good team, a really good program in Southeastern, but they're struggling a little bit this year. So it gives the Bears a chance to really start peaking at this time. Yeah, they ran into a powerhouse in Vanderbilt Tuesday night, but that's kind of expected, and that's what Coach Gunn really does with this team is he gets his guys ready to play and peak at the right time going into conference play and then hopefully win a Southland tournament and get to the NCAA tournament, which is always their goal. So I think you got a really good shot this weekend for a, to go against a traditional powerhouse school in Southeastern and go down there and take two or three this weekend. And this is obviously this is the opening of conference play. So, um, you know, Southeastern is hitting 231 as a team. I don't guess they're going to run Cole Kelly out there anywhere on the field. So we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, him, him, uh, him responding like he did in Conway on the football field last, last year. So, um, but they're led by Jacob Burke, who's hitting 333 with two of the team's three home runs. Um, on the mound, they've got, they, they have a 4 4 1 ERA, uh, led by left hander junior, left handed junior Trey Schaefer, who's been extremely good this year. You're holding a one-one-five ERA and twenty-three strikeouts. Yeah, Shaper's really good. I saw him pitch last year uh, against UCA, and Shaper, he, he's really good. Got a lot of good arm side running fastball. He's going to be in the low nineties. Uh, he's going to be really tough. And Southeastern has always been one of those schools that play a lot of schools in state. They beat Louisiana Lafayette this year. Louisiana Lafayette was ranked twenty-fourth in the nation. At the time, they lost a midweek game to LSU, 6-3. So a lot of good baseball down there in Louisiana, and they're one of the schools that kind of gets overlooked with Tulane, LSU, Lafayette. But they're one of the schools that traditionally year in, year out, really good. But I think the UCA Bears have a chance this weekend. Yeah, I like UCA to get two out of three this weekend. I think this is a good opportunity again for them to, to get some consistency and and, and get a, a nice start in, as conference play gets going here. So um, I like UCA to take two out of three. So when we get back, uh, we will touch on some high school baseball as things have really gotten heated up. Now that you love our podcast, don't forget to join Zach every Friday night at 7 p.m. for Natural State Sports Live. Zach covers the biggest sports news in the state each week, complete with tons of fan interaction. Make sure you like Natural State Sports on Facebook and sign up for live notifications so you won't miss this week's episode. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, and we're going to get into a little high school baseball here in this final segment. Um, man, lots of games being played, a couple of tournaments, a lot of stuff going on this week that started on Monday. Uh, give us just a little rundown on on what we've seen so far and what we've kind of got to look forward to. 
so yeah, luckily the weather held off and the baseball gods were able to have some high school baseball starting in the natural state this week. And a lot of preseason tournaments really kicked off. I say preseason, non-conference tournaments. PBR uh, hosted their Arkansas Select Tournament, which is being held across the state at multiple locations. There's, I believe, 24 teams in this tournament, and they played in Searcy, Lone Oak, Little Rock, uh, Northwest Arkansas over at Van Buren, and they all converge on Little Rock this weekend in Central Arkansas with Joe T. Robinson hosting the finals. And the host team, Joe T. Robinson, got out to a really good start this week. They beat Six A Powerhouse Conway. They beat them nine to two, and then Gavin Glasgow threw a no hitter against Plasky Academy last night as they won sixteen to nothing to advance to the semifinals of the tournament. And I believe they play Farmington. Jonesboro's been off to a really good start. They played Harding Academy the other night, won seven to four. They were able to win their second game as well. Uh, there's been some really good baseball across the state. The Benton Panther Invitational is being held, of course, in Benton. Uh, you get some really good teams down there. North Little Rock won twelve to nothing over Whitehall. Little Rock Catholic won eleven to three over Searcy. And Benton got off to a really good start against uh, former. St- 4A South, 5A South member Pine Bluff beat them 10 to nothing. Uh, Dalton Pugh threw a one hitter for the Panthers the other night. So if you get a chance out near Central Arkansas this weekend, there's going to be some really good baseball being played out Highway 10 at Pulaski Academy and Joe T. Robinson. And just looking back at the bracket, it, they are in the semifinals. Uh, Robinson and Farmington are the other guy. The other teams in the winners bracket. Jonesboro will play BB tomorrow or Friday at Lone Oak at three thirty, and then Van Buren comes to Central Arkansas. They'll play Dewitt at the four o'clock game on Friday at Robinson. But we were really happy this week. The, the Associated Press poll came out with our first uh, Arkansas Prep baseball rankings, and I was very fortunate to be asked by Scott McDonald, who heads up uh, the media panel for the football and basketball rankings across the state. He tasked me with uh, getting together with a few other baseball experts across the state. So it's a true media sports panel ranking, and we're fortunate enough that Natural State Sports was selected to be a part of those rankings this year. Yeah, we're really excited about that. You'll start seeing that graphic and those things going out, obviously, every week. Um, you'll be able to find it on our webs- on our Facebook page as well as our website, and then, of course, on the AP Wire. Um, so don't want to miss that. One guy that I didn't hear you bring up much, but I know anyone that follows you uh, on Twitter, which, again, can be found at CoachCabo21, um, Ethan Bates, man, what an opening week he seemed to have. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and say this publicly. I, I talked to an official the other night who's a good friend of mine and said, hey, I saw your rankings. I said, well, they're not my rankings. They're, it's, it, a panel does it. Good group of guys that know baseball across the state. He said, yeah. He said, I agreed with most of it, but I thought you had hot springs like that too high. They're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same night that they played Bryant and Ethan Bates threw a perfect game, 18 up, 18 down. High school baseball, we do play seven innings, but when you run rule a team, as Lakeside did to Bryant, 15 to nothing, you only play six innings. So Bates had a home run, a three-run home run, and then a two-run triple the other night against Bryant, followed it up the following evening, 
had a grand slam against Boxite uh, as they won that game. But, yeah, Ethan, he's getting a lot of attention right now for the MLB draft in June. I'm hoping he gets to Arkansas because I really believe he could be a true two-way guy. I really project that he plays outfield for the Razorbacks and can come in as a closer because he's 86 to 88 right now. He's a hardworking kid, and he's just going to get better. Phenomenal slider, so it's going to be a lot of fun watching Ethan Bates. And i got to give a shout-out, too, to Rosebud senior Dugan Jones. Dugan hit back-to-back grand slams last night in their 18-3 win over Cedar Ridge. And it was back-to-back at bats in the same inning, Steve. So he's off to a really good start this year. Rosebud is actually ranked tenth in the three in our three A ranking. So uh, the Ramblers won their first conference title last year with Coach Taylor Cooper. They're looking to make some more noise this year in what's always a tough Northeast Regional uh, in that part of the state in three A. Well, I tell you, I keep sitting here watching these videos on Twitter, and those two kids have pretty phenomenal swings. So Ethan Bates is a lot of fun to watch, and 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 then. Uh, this video of, of Dugan Jones, that's a that's a big boy. So uh, Yeah, he's worked really hard to, you know, really become a better baseball player. And at Rosebud, a small 3A school, he plays everything, but he's done a really good job of getting his body into baseball shape. He's going to play for legendary coach Lance Spigner at Rich Mountain uh, next year. So uh, good luck to the Ramblers this coming up week. I know they're getting into – some really tough territory. They're going down to Prescott this weekend for a tournament, I believe. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching these young men this season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that'll just about do it for us tonight here on Around the Diamond. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go away tonight without reminding everyone to find where to find your uh, your spot on 103.7 The Buzz, and, and how much longer that's going to be going on. A little bit good. To- yes, yeah, Steve. Uh, Due to Arkansas baseball, Arkansas basketball, it kind of floats uh, throughout the week. But usually you can find me on 103.7 The Buzz with Randy Rainwater. Uh, 6 o'clock, 6.05 is the start time. But we will be on Thursday night this week. We're going to go in at 6.30, talk a little bit of Razorback baseball, and look at these preseason rankings as we get into uh, more non-conference play in high school baseball. Sounds good, man. Well, a lot of stuff going on over the next week. As you said, a lot of high school baseball, a lot of tournaments, of course, a lot of college baseball going on around the state. So looks like it's going to be a pretty awesome weekend. Um, I think we're going to take the camper out this weekend. So so no baseball for me. We're going to go hang out at Petty Jean. But um, get a chance, get out, get to the ballpark. Um, and uh, while you're listening to this podcast on your way, make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and uh, leave us a review. Oh,